Hello, I'm Bianca Cotton, host of Behind the Confidence Mail. I am here with special guest Poshlin Nicholson. Thank you for being here, Poshlin. Thank you for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. We are going to be discussing being a caregiver for a grandparent and everything that comes along with that. Poshlin. <laughs> We have had many conversations about you caring for your grandmother. But before we dive into where you are now, let's take it back to childhood. What is one of your most fond memories of your grandmother when you were a child? Wow. Um, I would say... When I was a child, my grandmother did things like take us to the dentist and I would go grocery shopping with her or we would go to like Old Country Buffet. So I would say, yeah, going to Old Country Buffet um, and eating all I could eat (laughs) (laughs) with my grandmother and a few of my cousins. Those would have to be mm. some of my fondest memories. Old Country Buffet used to have some real good food. They did. Used to. I can write. <laughs> <laughs> so, who who raised you growing up? Was it your parents or your grandma? So it was partly. Um, I lived in the house with my with my mother and my aunt and her children and my other siblings until I was in fourth grade. In fourth grade, I moved with my godmother who lived directly across the street from my grandmother. And then I lived with her for uh, about four years up until eighth grade. And then I moved with my grandmother in eighth grade, and I lived with my grandmother um, from eighth grade until college. Wow. It sounds like you, that's a lot to unpack there. It a is. lot of moving, <laughs> mm-hmm. living with different people. Um, but what led you to moving in with your grandmother? That's the story. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, my godmother asked to be my godmother, like out mm. of the blue. And I think she was kind of aware of the living environment that I was in with my with my parent and my aunt. And she just wanted to provide some extra care and support and love. And my mother agreed to it. And she's sort of like a friend of the family. And so, um, I was like, okay, at the time I was a kid, so I didn't know no better, but (laughs) I moved in with her and she had children, but her children lived with their father at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I lived with her, like I said, until eighth grade. Um, So I was a a child when I originally moved in with her, but in eighth grade, I was sort of like a teenager, right? And so um, the dynamics changed. With her job, she started working uh, a job, and she was gone a lot. Um, she lived above her mother, and so I mm-hmm. would kind of be mixed in with their family, their entire family. And her her mother was taking care of her grandchildren. And so um, she would be a little more absent, and just a lot of things started to come up. Her, her children moved back with her, and I didn't have access to her like I originally did. And she was kind of a little unhappy with me as I was growing into a teenager, wanting to do teenage things. Um, And I think that I just, it was a time where I was trying to figure out like my identity, my life, my, what was going on. And so I rebelled a little bit and 
I just resented her. I started to resent her a little bit. And so I wanted to live with my family. And knowing that my grandmother was across the street and my, at the time, my younger sibling and my nephew and my cousin, who we all lived in the house with our mother and my aunt originally, they moved in with my grandmother. And so I was like, I think it's time for me to, you know, transition. And so I um, I asked my grandmother, can I come back to stay with her? And, or can I come to stay with her? And she she welcomed me on. <laughs> and my godmother just went through some transitions. Some It started to get a little dark for her in her own life. And I don't really want to talk about what she struggled with, but um, I don't want to paint her in a negative light. But it was just like she was unavailable for me. Um, no longer available really for me. And so I've decided like, okay, it's time for me to stay with my grandmother. And that's how I got to my grandmother's house. A little, another story is a little self-disclosure too. Um, my, we, my brothers and my nephew and my cousin ended up moving with my grandmother because our house got raided. So mm-hmm. my aunt and my mom had a substance abuse issue and it was pretty bad. And um, it was continuing. My mother also was a dealer and so it was a lot happening in the household and um they raided our house twice and mm-hmm. so my grandmother owned the house that we lived in and her own house and it was around the corner um and so it got to a point where the the county let her know that like the house would be sold or up for foreclosure if um she didn't do something about her her children essentially about what was the activity that was going on in the house. And so um, they ended up going to jail. My mom went to jail and my aunt went to jail, but she went to rehab shortly after. And so my mom didn't go. She was just in jail for like, I want to say a a while. And um, yeah, so that's how we ended up transitioning Mm -hmm. to my grandmother's care. And my brother and my cousin, they could have, been taken into DCFS, uh, but my grandmother stepped in, like, you know, like the grandmas do exactly. Yes. Oh yeah. Wow. And you're sitting here today, mm-hmm. now taking care of your grandmother. Yes. So, yeah. I'm sure that's been a whole journey in itself. But what? In eighth grade. Like having the wherewithal to say, can I come live with you? What, 12, 13, 14 years old? When you reflect on that day or that time period in your life, what comes up for you? A lot. I think that I was definitely wanting nurturing and a mother. I wanted somebody to be present, to love on me and care for me. Um, and mine was unavailable. And I also, I have a father who I knew and I have a lot of siblings. And I also had another godmother who um, took after me when I was like a baby. But we kind of drifted apart for whatever reason. And I was still close to her family as well. And so I knew that I had all this community around me, but being with my godmother who I was living with, it was kind of like I was disconnected from 
the larger part of my family. And so I wanted to have access to go visit my sisters, spend a night with this person and that person. And and so my godmother didn't necessarily have contact with all these other, the village, I would say. And I wanted that a lot. And so I think that was a big, big part of the uh, decision. And then just wanting to uh, be out with my friends and, and, and have fun and, and do things that eighth graders yeah, did. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that because my godmother was, I, she, she worked, um, at a, a lounge. And so mm-hmm. I knew that, and, and she also cleaned. And so she was working a lot and I had a lot of responsibilities. And then when her, her children came back into the picture, it was kind of like, dang, this is not what I signed up for. I originally had a, a my own room and all of this, and then now I moved to the living room, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want that. I didn't like that. I didn't like to be treated like that. And it wasn't necessarily like she treated me poorly, but that was just the circumstances at the time. Um, and so I think from what was originally sold to me from the very beginning, it was no longer that situation. And so I think that I just longed for, okay, if I'm going to have to have a another hard life or just have struggles, I'd rather have struggles with my own family than right. somebody else's. <laughs> and so that's kind of what was going through my head as an eighth grader. Wow. wow. And I, and I will say like, you know, in a, in a sense of taking accountability, like I wasn't the, I won't say that I was a terrible child. I was not um, at all. I used to think I was an angel, but I wasn't an angel either. Like, I I wanted to hang out. And if she was gone to work, she would want me to be in the house at a certain time. And it's like, I don't want to be in the house by myself or, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all my friends get to hang out and do this and do that. And I can't because you are not here. And um, I think I might have disobeyed a couple rules. <laughs> so she probably was sick of that too, but... Yeah. Wow. So now let's fast forward to current day. You care for your grandmother who once cared for you mm-hmm. and took you, your siblings, cousin, nephew in. How did you come to the place where you said, I'm going to take care of my grandma? Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I owe my grandma. Mm-hmm. Like what? Which one is it? So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, when we uh, when I moved back in with my grandmother, my cousin actually ended up going to stay with our older cousins. So then it left me and my younger brother and my nephew. And so my grandmother worked at the post office, and she had to do a, or she was forced into retirement early because she had knee replacement surgery. And she had both two, both of her knees replaced mm-hmm. and she couldn't go back on the job, but she st- had already been on the job for 33 years. So, oh, wow. uh, right. And <laughs> so it kind of, the dynamics where I was like in charge, essentially she was definitely in charge, but, <laughs> but I had to do a lot of the responsibilities, um, the chores and things like that. And trying to look after my siblings or my brother and my nephew, like making sure they get up and, um, they clean up their room and they do their homework and they eat at a certain time and all of those things. Um, and so my grandmother wasn't the nicest all the time either. And and be, due to her 
circumstances. I think like she didn't necessarily, it wasn't planned for her to be taking care of us. It kind of just happened. And so I think that she had a little anger, uh, maybe resentment towards my mom. And um, she just saw her retirement life uh, differently where she probably should be taking vacations, going to visit family, you know, in Mississippi and doing all these things that she wanted to do. But she couldn't really do that, not just because we were there. And she probably could have took us with her, but a lot of it is because of her her health. And so um, she, the way that she, she was very stern and firm and I couldn't do a lot. <laughs> so I thought I was in a situation with my grandma, but with my grandma, it was like, mm-mm. <laughs> you can't be spending the night over people's house. You can't, you definitely got to come in at a certain time and got to know where you at all the time. And But also it was like, verbally, she just was harsh. And I think that could, you know, a lot of black, young black girls identify with that. <laughs> um, their grandmothers are just, they say some of the harshest things and, and they're not necessarily the most compassionate when trying to keep a house and I think like I said she was in a situation where she has a, was forced into retirement in a sense a life that she didn't want to live at that point mm-hmm. and so um I think she was irritated a lot and she just was frustrated and so it would be taken out on us a lot of times we would be yelled at do this do that make sure this is done make sure that is done then I think at a certain point I would get like accused of like I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing and I wasn't I literally was like an angel at that point for real like going to church always wanted to be at church at youth night and doing things like that but because it was like late things late activities she used to think that like I was out somewhat doing something that I ain't had no business and it was like no if you knew my friends now you you know but so that was hard for me um and I didn't understand at the time. Like, I just used to struggle with that a lot. My feelings would be hurt. Like, why does she got to yell? Why does she got to say this or mm-hmm. say that? And why does she d- don't talk to my mom about the issues that she have? And so um, I think, though, as I got older, I started to recognize, like, what I'm saying now is, like, she was a retired grandmother who was kind of forced to take care of her children, her grandchildren. And she didn't took care of six children by herself already. And she don't have much help, you know, and she just didn't picture her life like this. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started to accept like, OK, I understand. And also above all that, too, she was ultimately pr- trying to protect me from things right. and she was concerned about things. But she didn't also, she didn't know how to have the conversations that she needed to have with me and look, uh, show a little more love and compassion and so I think I I am at a place where I can give her more grace for that mm-hmm. not to say that it still didn't hurt <laughs> right <laughs> and I still don't feel like I should be yelled at all the time but I definitely can give her a little more grace because ultimately like we could have been in DCFS or somewhere else and because of her we had a, a roof over our head and we had food to eat and clothes on our back and we were taken care of right. and so I think when I got to college, my home was her. So I came back to my grandma's house. My mom eventually got out of jail and um, moved to another state. And I didn't necessarily want to be there. And so <laughs> that wasn't my home. And my home was with my grandma. And so 
coming back home, you know, every so often, it just was like seeing my grandmother age and uh, seeing her, you know, our family just take care, do things for her and do, you know, run her errands and things like that. My brother, my older brother, uh, essentially was that person, that go-to person for her. He was making sure and managing like her bank and her accounts and things like that and paying the bills and, you know, whatever she needed, getting, seeing that she had it. And so my brother did that for yeah, probably 10 years and he put his kind of, his life on hold a little bit for that and stayed in the area due to her. And so as I got to, um, my master's, I would come home and see like, okay, my grandmother is aging. My brother, he's kind of tired. He want to move. He's expressed this to me, but he, you know, is concerned about my grandmother. There's no one else really there that can be there to, to help her and aid. And, and so of course my, my, my younger brother and my nephew, they're grown up, they're older now too, but my nephew went to college and my brother, he just kind of got a lot of activity <laughs> going on too. <laughs> so, um, she really didn't have like the group that she really did raise there to be there for her. And so um, now my nephew moved back with her after he got out of college for like a year or so. And let me back up. My aunt lived with her for a couple years and she moved in and she was there, but my aunt ended up passing away. Um, and it was unexpectedly like one Sunday morning. And so she literally was going, left the house to go to church and never returned because she fell. And so that took a turn on things where, okay, my aunt is out of the picture now. And like, okay, who's going to be here for my grandmother? So then fast forward to my nephew graduating college, he ended up going back to stay with her. And my little brother was, he lived with his girlfriend somewhere. And my little brother, or my nephew ended up moving back in with her. And so she had somebody. And she also had a friend in all of that too, who would come and check on her and, and then he passed away. And so I wasn't really concerned about her, you know, as far as not necessarily not concerned, right. but you know, I didn't have to be there to help her do things and all of that. And so somebody was in the house. So my nephew decided to, you know, branch out and spread his wings and he moved out. And so I, as I was visiting still, I knew that she needed somebody to be present in the household with her because she's 88 right. and she falls sometimes. And I was hearing too many times where she would fall and nobody would be in the house with her. How is she, you know, what's happening? And so I uh, just was really concerned. And I was like, here I am. I'm out of college. I'm working and I'm in another city that's two hours away, but could I be present? What does that look like for me to be here for her? And my brother, he is essentially my older brother decided to move away too. He moved to another state, but he would come back and forth as much as he could to be present and get her, you know, the things that she needs and all of that. But excuse me, <clears throat> I then decided like, okay, I think the Lord was just showing me like, okay, it, it you can be present. You are single. You don't have any children. You you have your master's degree. You can get a job in Chicago and you won't really have a problem getting a job. And you might have to sacrifice some things, but you can do it. And so 
I had to get over myself. And I lived in my own apartment, a nice condo and everything. And it was just like, okay, I can be that person. And I also felt I have an aunt, another aunt who lives in the same city as my grandmother, who she's, she shows up sometimes every now and then. She actually lives in the house that we grew up in, my grandmother's house. But she does, she's not consistent. And so that is what, like, really was like, okay, if they're not going to be present and they right there, you know, close to her, I just need to go. And and, and she, I kind of do owe her because she, she's the reason where I, I'm where I am. And I would say, too, when I was in college, my grandmother um, – made sure that I stayed in college financially. It was a, uh, I was at a place at one point that I needed um, like $4,000 or something. And my grandmother figured it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's another thing. Like she, she may not have done everything I wanted her to do or, or been the nicest. Right. But, but she showed love in so many other ways. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm here right now. Like, yeah, I, this is the least I can do. What what a story of selflessness from so many and of love um, and pain, right? And, and getting over, like, my feelings were hurt, but I'm still going to show up for my grandmother mm-hmm. because she needs me in this moment. Do you ever feel like you're missing out? On life, you know, the whole FOMO, uh, mm-hmm. fear of missing out, being a single black woman in Chicago, um, living your life and taking care of your grandmother. I don't really feel that way. I would say what I fear missing out on is having my own space. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I lived in my own space since I really got to college for about, I would say about 12, at least 12 years I lived in my own space. And so transitioning from your own space back to <laughs> to your people out. <laughs> my grandmother, like I said, she firm and she said her ways and stuff. So I have a room in her house, right? <laughs> um, you bored I'm, it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I miss that part. But as far as like living, I I work a full time job and she knows that which is flexible which is uh is beneficial to both of us in the in this time period um in this season and so that's helpful and then I do try to be intentional about living my life and so uh just yesterday I went on a date although I'm single <laughs> I'm going to date I told her I'm I'm after I got home from work I try to make sure she eat you know got everything she needs she set Grandma, I'm going on a date, and I'll be back <laughs> later. And so, actually, that was the first time. I've been on dates since I've been back, but that's the first time I actually told her that I was going on a date. And so, <laughs> that's another thing. Like, you got to, you know, do you want to tell her all your business? Right. <laughs> she going to ask. Because <laughs> I had got flowers one time. And she like, you don't know who these flowers are? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but I definitely told her last night. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely try to still be active in the community. If, um, like my friends are asking me to do things, I'm trying to volunteer. I go to brunch 
I go to church. <laughs> uh, you do open mics. I do open mics. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I still live my life. Good. I try to. Because that was my question. Like, how do you manage taking care of yourself while giving so much to so many? Not and that's including your grandmother, mm-hmm. but to so many. To be honest, it's not always peachy cream. Like everybody mm-hmm. is not always pleased. And I'm not always pleased with my schedule or what I've done. Like, I will be honest, even now, today, this morning. Uh, so my, it, my the part of me being intentional, I try to get up early and make sure she has something to eat before I leave. Because she also takes a lot of medication. And so she has to eat, you know, with her medication. And sometimes she just may not be feeling good or not want to take or not want to get herself something to eat. So I do try to make sure she get breakfast and then during the day I try to lean on my family to make sure she eat lunch or if I have if we have leftovers or whatever knowing that she has that in there she can have access to and then I try to make sure we eat dinner but sometimes when you want to go it's like you don't have time to get dinner or make dinner and so we might have to make do or I might have to call somebody and ask can you bring her something and so I would say this morning, I didn't get up early enough to, like, just make sure she had breakfast. But she was up early before me <laughs> doing what she do. And so when she's up and moving, I'm like, okay, she she can make us some toast and her coffee and all of that. And I, and she'll be good till I'll get back. And maybe somebody else will stop by in the meantime. But that's not how I would want it to be. I would want it to be where, like, I know that she'll eat this every morning, you know, for breakfast. Or she'll have this. Um, but it's because of the nature of life. It's not yeah. like that. Yeah. Who? What mm. would What would you want to share with other people who are caring for their parents and grandparents? What would you want them to know as we wrap up our conversation today? That's a good question. I want them to know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could write a book about this, but ultimately, you have to make up in your mind that it's something that you really want to do from your heart, and it can't be impacted by the person you're giving care to or other people and what they do or don't do. If you're going to commit to something, you need to commit to it and not take things so personally. Uh, I think sometimes there can there are times where people say stuff, the person that you're giving care to say stuff that you're like, okay, I don't got to be here. But, <laughs> uh, but it's like, you know, you've made up in your mind, like this is something that I, I'm going to do regardless. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have that. You have to be resolute in your decision and have that resolve. And so... And commit to it and be selfless and do it with love and compassion if if you're going to do it. (laughs) And also take care of yourself. It's going to be hard. It may be hard to balance self-care and life and and being a caregiver or taking care of someone else. But you have to fight for having a life Mm. outside of that. Because no one wants to hear this, but we all will go on, transition. And like I said, my grandmother is 88. And so 
I know that she ain't she don't have another thirty years on this like uh, on this earth. And so, what happens when she does transition? What what is my life gonna look like? So I can't my life can't be just my grandmother. And I and I do want to say that with all due respect to people who do have that, because some people are like just caregivers and that's it. And they struggle with what life's look what life looks like after that person has passed on. But they will tell you too, like you have to fight for having an identity outside of being a caregiver. Posh, thank you. Thank you for sharing, for educating, and for your heart. Thank you for having me and being able to share. My pleasure.